0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, the podcast that believes in three things, strong drinks, strong opinions and crowning champions. And we are working our way towards just that. We are here for the sweet 16 of the best queen song bracket. And we get some doozies for you. Let's go. Ahead, let's meet the panelists in charge this month. First up from Raleigh, North Carolina, Jeff Woodhead, my friend. How you doing? What's you drinking?
1: I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, after the first two episodes, I decided to mix myself a cocktail and uh, be all glam and stuff. But now I'm trying to just make some sage decisions. And so I have my sage saison on hand uh, that I'm going to drink tonight.
0: Well, the best part about having a bar in your house is you don't have to, you don't have to worry about drinking and driving.
1: That's right. Yeah. It's uh you know the the beer came from here, it was poured here, it's the, the most local you can possibly drink.
0: <laughs> and it will be redeposited right there. We're moving on.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Brother, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking?
2: I'm doing well, Chris. I'm doing well. Uh been pretty hot down here the last few days. Had a nice weekend, did some house redecorating, did some painting and stuff. Went back to work today. But uh, I am once again drinking the Copper Point A10 Red IPA. I really like this beer and it makes me think of a Queen song that uh, I think something big might happen tonight. So uh, here we go.
0: Well, there's a crazy little thing called beer. We are moving along all the way out in Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, my friend, same two to you.
3: Chris, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, had a. Fairly relaxing, chill weekend, so back to work today, uh, and unfortunately tomorrow too, so I'm not not going too heavy tonight. Uh, I have myself the T-Minus Tangerine Kolsch. Uh, it is uh, from Yellowhammer Brewing right here in Huntsville, Alabama. It's one of their uh, flagship beers. You can get it at just about any grocery store around here that carries local beer. Uh, it's very good. It's nice and refreshing. It's more of a summer beer, being a Tangerine Kolsch, but... Uh, uh, I didn't don't I haven't been on a beer run in a really long time, so I don't have a whole lot in my house. Uh, and I figured, you know, what the heck? It's about time for this yellow hammer to fall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, how many Queen references do we get into one episode? I don't have one of those, but I do have this. This is from one of if not, well, not, well say one, one, if not, but one of the best uh, breweries here in Tampa, Florida, it is from 81 Bay Brewing. If you have not gone to 81 Bay or you haven't had anything by them, it's not a not a brewery you hear a lot of in Tam Bay area. I have never had a bad beer there. And hopefully that trend continues. This is the Jojo Bean Coffee Porter. And I don't know if you can you guys can really see this, but it's got a nice little uh, nice little sailor, nice little sailor dude on the on the can.
2: Almost looks like a Mario.
0: Oh, that's so cool. It's a really I bought this just because of the can. It's got a little lighthouse on it and everything. This can is awesome. Oh, that's Hopefully amazing! The beers is good. Let's see.
3: I'm gonna have to get me some of that next time I'm in Tampa.
0: That is deceptively and dangerously smooth. Holy crap! <laughs> and the coffee comes in at literally at the very end. It's almost like he, it's almost like drinking a uh, like a standard porter, and then oh gosh, that coffee just lingers. All right, eighty-one nice. Bay, keeping it going. Right. All right.
3: Jojo was a beer that thought it was a porter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was good, Mike. Wrong good. band. Wrong band. <laughs>
0: We're gonna have a an entire, by the time Boozy ends. By the time like we just be like, no, we're done with this. We're ha- gonna have like a three hour just three straight hours of Mike singing. It'll be the last <laughs> episode we ever publish,
3: literally because people will riot.
0: Exactly. Like, yeah. We, we'll, we'll, we'll release that and then natural end of the show.
3: <laughs> right. All
0: right. We are here. We're going with the one seed. We're in the sweet sixteen, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with the one seed Bohemian Rhapsody. Up up against the nine seed of One Vision, and Jeff, you are kicking us off.
1: All right, so uh, I, I like One Vision. I think it's a it's a very good song. It's well put together, but it's no Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody somehow takes five different songs and makes them flow together as one, and I think that's a pretty unique achievements especially you know we'll be talking about another song where later on where they attempt to take five songs the, and put them kind of string them together uh one vision definitely has the uh, i think they's kind of similar in length but it just doesn't quite hold my attention as well as bohemian rhapsody does i think uh i have to vote for bohemian rhapsody here yeah i'm a basic bitch but get over
0: it <laughs> oh bohemian rhapsody has one vote next pick goes to brandon
2: we're talking about one of the greatest. It's looked at as, as one of the greatest songs ever written, uh, produced anything. Producers at first didn't want it to go through. The record company didn't want it to go through. Radio loved it. And uh, it, it helped Queen blow up. And uh, I, I, man, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I do. And I, I guess you could say, Jeff, it is about five different songs. I always see it as three. It's the sad, and there's a let everything, and then it's a like Dan, and yeah. Gonna- yeah. Oh, you're, okay. Then I see four. Then it comes right back down again. Very. I love the piano work at the end. I love Freddie on the piano at the end. Very nice ending. The thing is, with Bohemian, we were rocky. We were champions. That's what everybody thinks. A lot of people that don't really know Queen, they just think of those songs. They don't think of all the other great songs that there are uh, from the band. And One Vision is one of those songs. And it's always been one of my favorite songs. It's And i brought it up many times so far. It's in the movie Iron Eagle. And we brought Martin Luther King, how it's really pretty much... About everything he was trying to do. And he did. The lyrics are great, but it, it gets you pumped up. Like the beginning, like I feel like if I was gonna go into like a big fight or like a war, so I was gonna go into something like crazy, just how it opens that and it gets you going and then it just hits you right away. And you're like, holy shit, like this song has power. I I know it's not gonna go on. Probably not. But hell, I wanted the second pick on this one because I'm like, okay, let me give some flavor. I'm going with one vision for the upset.
0: One vision possibly going for the upset. Tied one to one. Uh Mike, there's a tie. There's no there's no buzzer beaters, but there is host opinion. Are you gonna let Wayne and Garth go out like this? Over to you. <laughs>
3: See, you got to be really careful when the host's opinion is coming from you, because if you if you're trying to sway me one way, I'm naturally going to wonder if maybe I should swing the other way.
0: We do have one vision. So,
3: yeah, it's true. Honestly, this one is not a slam dunk because one vision is a. Great song. And I don't think I necessarily I know I voted for Fat Bottom Girls Over it last time, so I don't necessarily think I gave it its due, but it is a really good song. It's got a nice driving rhythm to it. I love the way it drifts in. I I like the I like the message. I the uh mm-hmm. you know, I was listening to it and in particular the bridge uh kind of caught caught me a little bit today where he's singing about how he had this dream of you know, unity of one people. And then it kind of, you know, they stole his dream away. Look what they've done to my dream or whatever. Like that, that really resonates with me. It's, it's a really solid song. I, I still stand by, I think it gets a little repetitive towards the end. It's a five minute song and it, it feels its length a little more than Bohemian Rhapsody does, even though Bohemian Rhapsody is a little longer because as, as, as Jeff said, and as, and as Brandon mentioned too, it's Bohemian Rhapsody is these several different different sounding songs kind mm-hmm. of pulled together and formed into one. I I mean, my first encounter with Bohemian Rhapsody, as I, as I imagined a whole lot of people of our generation, was, as Chris mentioned, uh, Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar in the Mirth Mobile cruising down the street, head to the song. And that was such a an iconic m- and cultural moment that it made the song jump back up to number one on the charts. I mean, it, it's just... It's one of those songs that, and and it it is it's it's in a way a detriment to it when you're in a Queen bracket because you don't want to just be as Jeff called himself a basic bitch and go like oh Bohemian Rhapsody all the way, and I'm not sure it's gonna go all the way, but uh, it is gonna make it past this round for me. It is it's just quintessential Queen. It's got all of the elements that I love from Queen: a, a badass guitar solo, amazing harmonies, mm-hmm. great emotion in the Freddie Mercury vocals. Uh, a nice little piano part there at the end. It it really does have just all of these great elements, but uh, do yourself a favor. If you haven't listened to One Vision, go listen to that song too, because it really is fantastic. And it made this a really, uh, a much tougher choice than it should, should have been for Bohemian Rhapsody. I tried. You did. You did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody is moving on to the Elite Eight and we are moving on. Brandon, you're kicking us off here. We've got the five seed, crazy little thing called love. Going up against the 13 seed, the upstart, You're My Best Friend. Take us away.
2: This one, uh, it's not easy, but it's not hard. You're My Best Friend, it's it's a beautiful song. It's a great song. It's how we brought up its older queen. I believe, if I remember, I think Crazy Little Thing Called Love came out in 79 or 80. I don't – I'm trying to remember which album. If it was off – I don't think it was off the game. No, Crazy Little Thing was off the game. It was off the game. Okay. So about 80. I was trying to think, like, If You're My Best Friend does get a little repetitive. And it's it's a good song. It's a cute song. But I'm not going to listen to it all the time. Crazy Little Thing Called Love. I think I said it on the last – when we recorded about this last time. It's a near-perfect song, and they really – they were cooler than Elvis at that moment. They took a song, pretty much an Elvis-style song. They made it theirs, and if people didn't know who Queen was, they'd be like, holy shit, who is this band? Because a lot of people – Queen did songs like that, that they changed their genre so often that if people were following, they might be like, wait, that's Queen? And that's one of those songs. And that song, you really hear all the work of everybody. From Roger on the drums, John on the bass, Brian rocking the guitar, and Freddie, of course, ripping the fucking lyrics. Yeah. Crazy Little Thing's an amazing song, and it's moving
3: on.
0: No, you're not the only one that gets to say in that. The next pick goes to Mike.
3: Well, I'm glad Brandon went and dropped an F-bomb on us, because it gives me free reign to say fuck everything about this choice. <laughs> 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 this was like a final four for me. I don't know how to make this decision. I absolutely love both of these songs. These are these are just top-notch queen songs for me. I, I spoke I think at length about you're my best friend last mm-hmm. time and how much I love it as a as a love song. It's got and it's like it's like a cool mid-tempo rocker too in addition to having that poignancy behind it. Uh, and it obviously has a very, uh, special place in my heart and in my, and in my history. And Brandon's hundred percent right about crazy little thing. Call Love." It's an amazing song that I, was I, you know, you know, every time you, I've been listening to these songs over and over again, the past several days in preparation and, and you key in on different things each time. And, and, uh, this afternoon when I was listening to crazy little thing, I just, I was, I was keying into that, to the rhythm section. I was just like, Oh my God. Taylor and Deacon are knocking it out of the park in this song. Like there's so the rhythm section's fantastic on that song. And it's it's kind of cool too because Queen doesn't employ the acoustic guitar a whole lot. But on that song, it sounds really good. I'm kind of glad I went second on this one, just because I really don't think there's the wrong choice here. So don't call it a punt. But I'm gonna. <laughs> i'm gonna put this in uh in jeff's hands uh these are two great songs but uh i am giving you're my best friend my vote because, because i just think it's such a fantastically written love song i don't i don't think it gets he definitely says you're my best friend a whole lot but he says crazy little thing called love a lot too yeah. i don't think either of these songs gets repetitive but yeah you're my best friend's gonna get my vote and uh, we'll see where which side jeff lands on
0: jeff before you lock your pick in here i want to remind everybody so Mike just said those are some of the hardest conver- hardest one of the hardest decisions he had to make on the show. Uh, Mike, I will remind you that coming up in the coming uh, year or so, over the course of the next year, we are going to be doing a '80s movie bracket. <laughs> when you want to talk about the hardest decisions of your life when it comes to boozy? I got a feeling they're they're in your future, not in your past, my friend. Jeff, though, Mike's right. This is a really tough pick. Where are we going?
1: Yeah, I think this is the toughest pick of the first of the uh, the Sweet Sixteen here possible exception of the next one that we're going to talk about but i mean i have a very clear preference on the next one too so this one was the only one i really kind of felt like i could go both ways and what i it came down to is as, as honestly what a, a quite a few of the decisions here in the sweet 16 have come down to for me is which of these has the essence of a queen song like which of these am i going to if someone asks me hey play me a queen song that uh, i've never heard the band before play me a queen song which one am i going to pick am i going to pick the what is admittedly very very good elvis cosplay but still somewhat elvis cosplay or am i going to pick this the thing that really sounds original and sounds like it, it captures the that all of those layered textures of sound that we always associate with Queen. So, I'm not sure which of these songs is the best song, just overall, but I think You're My Best Friend is the better Queen song. So, I'm gonna go with that one.
0: And the upset streak... Wow! Wow! Did not There's see that, going to that Well, that way. Well, <laughs> well uh, not, to, not to pull this two recordings in a row or two recordings in a row when it comes to this part of the bracket but uh, another one bites the dust
1: <laughs> <laughs> which oddly enough i actually voted for over you're my best i was gonna say yeah first round so <laughs> i'm guessing that's why everyone was surprised there
0: uh yeah that or that or you got your opinion in under two minutes i mean one or the other is why we're
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be more concise today
0: All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I got to go to bed early. Mike, we are over to you. It doesn't get much easier here. I'm sorry. This is not an easy one to me. This, to me, is the toughest pick on the bracket. The six-seed Radio Gaga, the three-seed Under Pressure. Take us away.
3: This is a really tough one. You're absolutely right. I mean, Radio Gaga is a great song, and I think that it's elevated even more by that iconic Live Aid performance that... Freddie does where he's just got 100,000 people in the palm of his hand, like quite literally like raises his hand and like, it feels, it just feels like he's got him in the palm of his hand. Radio Gaga is a fun song. It, it definitely gets stuck in your head, but I think, and to me, it's still not under pressure. And, and I think if there's a limitation to under pressure and why I'm not sure exactly how far it's going to go is that with under pressure, because it's a collaboration with David Bowie, it's a little bit of a Bowie song in addition to being a Queen song. And that's that's part of my hesitation uh, for voting for it here because I do love both these songs. And again, I think very similar to the last choice, I don't really think there's a wrong way to go here. But Under Pressure is a song that I more associate with Queen. I, it's still got a lot of things that I'm looking for in a Queen song. If If, if it's missing certain things... You know, it doesn't necessarily have those queen harmonies that you expect as much. It doesn't really have like, you know, the the really crazy Brian May solo that you always want to hear ripping through in the middle of a song. But it's got it. It's got that ba- instantly recognizable bass line that got ruined by Mr. Van Winkle. Uh, we won't talk about that, <laughs> but it's still it's still under pressure for me. It it grabs you instantly. It's a little bit more of um. It's a little bit more of a concise song too, which which I like, and I love I do love the interplay between Freddie and Bowie on it. It's a pairing of, of between two of the best and i th- I think between these two this is a tough decision but I, I I think under pressure should move on here
0: under pressure has one vote, Jeff
1: yeah, this is a really difficult decision because these are both great songs I mean, radio gaga and under pressure are both songs that kind of start out, they build there's the catharsis at the end or you know two thirds of the way to the end and you know you're wherever you are you're either screaming uh, along with can we give ourselves one more chance or all we hear is radio whatever you know <laughs> you're, you're, you're singing along with both of these songs by the end and it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter what context you're in but for me I think it's under pressure as well uh i think uh it's it's the maybe the slightly better of the two songs to hear just on the radio or over spotify or you know on a record or whatever it is that you're listening to it radio gaga for sure the legendary live aid performance it was uh, i can see how that sing along part towards the end is an amazing experience live uh but i think the the context that we're all currently enjoying Queen in under pressure is got to take it
0: and under pressure is going to take it. That's two votes for it, but let's hear from Brandon.
1: Damn, damn,
2: damn, damn. <laughs> I wanted to be under pressure on this one. I really did. I wanted <laughs> Jeff to pick radio Gaga and then I would be under pressure
1: <laughs> and I would
2: know exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Fuck.
0: <laughs> the good news is it doesn't matter.
2: I hate Vanilla Ice so damn <laughs> much. Honestly, if this song was never... I, I John Deacon, I love you for that bass line. Great bass line. Yeah. Um, yeah, if this song was never made, Vanilla Ice would be nothing. He would be nothing. That song would have never been made. So... Benelli's, fuck you for stealing a great opening yeah. tune to a song. I'm trying to make it yours. But, uh, Radio Gaga and Under Pressure, both these songs are amazing songs, and they're both great live songs. Yeah, we talk about the live a performance, but how the crowd reacted during that, that was every concert. You watch, like, Montreal, you watch, uh, Budapest, and, uh, I believe Montreal and Budapest, both those shows, they did Radio Gaga. It was the same thing. It was the same thing. And the fans were just there clapping along. And Freddie did that. And along with, like, Freddie would do that. But I believe it was usually after he did Radio Gaga. He would do the Ayo. And that was another time during concerts that Freddie, you saw what he did to people. He would just get people in his hands. And just bring them up and they would just follow him. He was an amazing, amazing performer. And uh, it's a shame we don't have any more. But the rest of the band, Radio Gaga, they're right there. They're doing the same thing. They're just nailing everything. But I agree with you guys. Under Pressure, it, it's the better song. And if Vanilla Ice didn't steal it, I would – man – it wouldn't piss me off as much because it is the better song. Yeah, I I love singing along to both these songs. And if Vanilla Ice didn't do what he did, I would have already taken Under Pressure earlier. Under Pressure gets a sweep.
0: It does, and we are moving right along. No rest for the weary. Jeff, you're kicking us off here. We're back to you. You've got the seven-seed hammer to fall. Against the two-seed We Are the Champions, take us away.
1: One of the things that is most interesting and most enjoyable about Queen, and I know I talked shit about the Elvis cosplay earlier, but their ability to shift genres, to bend between different kinds of songs, to sound like different artists and yet still themselves, is kind of unique. Hammer to Fall, for example, kind of sounds like a Cars song or some of those other late 70s, early 80s post punk bands that, uh, that, that kind of just very guitar driven pop almost, uh, presages some 90s alt rock there. It's, uh, it's a different direction for Queen, but it kind of works. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Look, y'all know how I'm voting on this. Anyone who listened to the episode two episodes ago where I just talked shit about We Are the Champions for two minutes knows that I think it's a boring and unremarkable song that I wouldn't even want anywhere near any championship that I actually won. I mean, you know, give me don't stop me now for over that. Come on, guys. But I like that I'm actually going to be voting for a song that I enjoy listening to so uh hammer to fall
0: hammer to fall picks up its first vote the two seeds on the ropes we're over to brandon
1: jeff i
2: I know we've talked about this i don't hate we are the champions i have some memories with it i do like the opening and then yeah the we are it gets pretty annoying and it goes down again i like the extra lyrics that go on and you hear the piano work I've talked about Freddie's piano work. I think it's not brought up much. It's not brought up a lot. And I'm not saying it's underrated, but Freddie was great on the piano. And it was a fun live song. He watched performances and usually... After he did the final, he got up one more time. Then he really got up and got the whole crowd with the one. His you can't beat his microphone. The stick in his hand (laughs) with the microphone there and just walking around with it. Hammer the fall. It's it's an incredible song. And that band, that's one of those songs that you could tell how much fun they had together on stage. It just from the opening. The opening chord, Brian Mays' opening chord, you know it's going to be an incredible song. Hammer to Fall, it, it's definitely the better song. And, uh yeah, it kicks We Are The Champions' ass.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, uh, We Are The Champions is going out like a chump in round two, Mike. How bad is it?
3: Yeah, no singing We Are The Champions for We Are The Champions here. Uh <laughs> Yeah I I disagree with Jeff. I I really like We Are The Champions. I Brandon's right. It's got cool piano work. I think it's a fun song to sing when you've won something or when your team has won something or whatever. I I talked last time about how I love Brian May's uh, guitar at the end of kind of underpinning the vocals. It it's it's fun, but it's it falls in the same vein as We Will Rock You, not to quite what? to the same extent, but it feels a little bit incomplete. Uh, and hammer to fall it is, it's just the better song, even though even though we are the champions is more recognizable. I think it's got hammer to fall has more of that epic queen feel. I love Jeff. I loved your comparison to how it kind of sounds like a, a car sort of, uh, that, that style of sound. That's a really good comparison. And queen, like they do with so many genres takes it and makes it their own. Uh, it's certainly got better and more meaningful and powerful lyrics than we are the champions, which is just, we are the champions over and over again, as fun as that is. But no, we, we we got this one right. Uh, Hammer to Fall deserves to move on here.
0: No, Hammer to Fall is moving on, and so are we. The second half of our bracket is calling our names. Brandon, you are kicking us off here. You have got the one seed from this side of the bracket. Don't stop me now, taking on the eight seed of Innuendo.
2: So for this side, I, for this the Sweet 16, I think this is probably my hardest one. Don't Stop Me Now is just such a fun, fun song. It's another how I brought up I like driving to it. A lot of those Queen songs I like driving to, Breakthrough, Headlong. Don't Stop Me Now, it's one of those songs. And fact check, I, I have to double check, but um, I'm pr- it was Brian May written song. And he really wrote about like just thinking really about like how where Freddie was going. Or where he thought Freddie was going and how exuberant Freddie really was. And the lyrics are just all over the place, but there's so much fun. And Jeff, you hit on those points last time we talked. But man, I I said this it's not a journey, it's not an adventure going on. And I'm telling you right now if we had Innuendo versus Bohemian Rhapsody in the final, (laughs) I'll take an Innuendo. I'm telling you that right damn now. That song, it's another one of those songs that you have the – it's the opening. You're like, whoa, where is this going? And compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, Bohemia, the lyrics being in their dark, but it still has a light feel to it. Innuendo. It's like just so dark and deep. And then you get to the the mariachi band, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> what is going on here? But It's the first beginning of the mariachi band. And then Brian, man, it all just gets even heavier, like almost like a Metallica sound on the guitar to it. Like a Kirk Hammett just shredding like a mariachi band. And then it goes back down. It is such an amazing, amazing, just crazy song. And I've loved that song since I was like seven years old. I'm, I'm taking innuendo on this one. I know it probably, I don't know if it will keep on going, but that's
3: where I'm going. Innuendo.
0: Well, the, oh Lord, the eight seeds up on the one seed, one nil, Mike, over to you.
3: Well, don't stop. Don't stop me now. Now. Um, (laughs) I actually agree with a lot of what Brandon had to say. Uh, innuendo is a song that I was not familiar with. Before uh, this bracket, the, those last two or three Queen albums were not uh, not albums that I had listened to on the reg, uh, and I discovered, thanks to this bracket, a lot of really cool s- songs mm-hmm. that I had never heard before that are going to be part of my regular rotation. Innuendo is certainly one. I it's almost it it's reminiscent a little bit. I was thinking this earlier today when I was listening to it. It, it almost feels like their version of "Cashmere" by Led Zeppelin at part at times people have compared that yeah Yeah. like a little okay i I didn't figure that was probably an original thought but like it just it suddenly popped in my head and i was like except it in a way it's almost even more musically interesting to me it's got a lot of really cool uh sections to it uh you know brandon mentioned the mariachi band and i mentioned it last time like and and exactly how it keeps getting heavier and then may's guitar kind of kicks up the distortion it brings you right back into the song and uh it's a fantastic song but but don't stop me now it just just makes me so happy. <laughs> it is it is this infectious song that you just cannot help uh getting pumped up on. And I love the way it kind of it kind of drifts in, and then they all hit the harmonies on don't stop like the little staccato thing, and then it just kicks up having a good time, blah blah blah, and it's just like get you going. Ah. Oh, it's it, you said it's a great song to drive to. Um, hopefully you're not listening to the song if you happen to encounter a red light. But <laughs> oh man this this one for for a one eight incredibly difficult decision but i i gotta stick with don't stop me now i just it's the it maybe it's just maybe it's just because i've known it longer and it's a little more ingrained in my soul but uh i love both of these songs and i'm i'm really glad that i've gotten introduced to innuendo uh through this but i do have to give don't stop me now my vote
0: don't stop me now is tied it up one one jeff it's over to you and i'm a little scared But don't stop me here. That's it's over to you. I have nothing I can say here because they're they're both terrific songs.
1: So the first chapter of the book, What If? By Randall Munro, who is the author of the XKCD webcomic concerns a question from a reader that asked what would happen if you accelerated a baseball to 90 percent the speed of light?" And it turns out you would basically destroy like all of the whole baseball stadium, basically half the city that it was in, uh, just because of how much energy would be released by something moving at the speed of light, colliding with that much air. If someone such as, say, Freddie Mercury were accelerated to the speed of light, (laughs) you can imagine the scope of the destruction that would be involved. I like ragging on Don't Stop Me Now's lyrics a little bit, uh, but it is definitely the more fun of the two songs. Are you having a good Uh, time? I am having a good time. It's funny that you brought up uh, Kashmir, uh, Mike, because uh, at least according to Wikipedia, uh, Roger Taylor's lyrics were explicitly written as a tribute to Kashmir. (laughs) It almost feels in some way like uh, Linnuendo does, at least, like a little bit of a valedictory for Freddie Mercury's career. It was off Innuendo, the last album yep. that they hmm. put out before Freddie passed away, has you know, the, its queen elements, its little interlude into Spanish guitar, just as Freddie had his little interlude into Spanish music in general, putting out that whole album with, with her uh, the yeah, the opera singer. The opera singer, right, uh, Montserrat. Barce-
2: Barcelona,
1: Barcelona, right. Yeah, when yeah. I Barcelona, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, both of these really have their place, and, and this is kind of where I disagree with Brandon a little bit. Where uh, I think Brandon seems like prefers the the wilder swings of innuendo, the broader scope of the song, its more epic feel, which I can see, and I. I definitely enjoy and I'm very glad that, mm-hmm. that that Brandon you introduced me to this song. But I don't think it holds t- together as well as Bohemian Rhapsody, which is as I, you know, teased earlier that uh that I would be discussing. I do think Bohemian Rhapsody coheres more than Innuendo does. It's a tough decision between these two songs. Uh but I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably pop on Don't Stop Me Now. So I'm just going to move that one forward very reluctantly because Innuendo deserves better, man. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's only a handful of spots in the Elite Eight, eight of them to be exact, and not everyone is going to make it, guys. We're here to make the tough decisions, and we are moving on. Mike, you're kicking us off. The five-seed is Killer Queen the 13 seed, the upset special is save me over to you.
3: This one is tough, but it's, it's not as tough as the last few have been, or several of the last few have been. Uh, I do love, I do love save me a lot. Uh, So I gave it the, the upset in the first round. It's to me, it's one of their more memorable ballads. Freddie's voice is incredible and really sells the emotion behind the song. And I I love the way that uh, Brian May's guitar kind of cuts through the song in the middle. It's a great song, but Killer Queen is Queen's theatricality and excess at, at its finest. It's just, there, there's something about that whole song. You just get like, I've probably heard that song a hundred times and I still don't know all of the words to the song, but I'm singing along with the 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 vague, you know, <laughs> Uh, elements to it, it just it it draws you in so well. Like I mean, it draws you in right away. And when 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 all the harmonies kicking on Queen, like it's 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 another one. It just it just makes you happy. Queen Queen has have a lot of songs that can do a lot of different things uh to you emotionally, but at the end of the day but I mostly just want the ones that are really gonna make me happy and want to groove and dance and dance along to a song and Killer Queen has that for me in spades. So save me great song, but I think Killer Queen deserves to move
0: on here. Well let's see what Jeff has to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm not gonna make the Amy Mann joke that I made last time around. Uh and I don't really have a lot to add to what uh, Mike just said. So uh I went on for too long the last one. I'm just going to keep it short and vote for Killer Queen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Killer Queen's got a two to nothing lead. It's moving on. Brandon, over to you.
2: Yeah, this one's pretty easy. I I love Save Me. And like I brought up the time before, uh, the opening. And just throughout, when when Freddie really puts all that emotion into it, when he's singing Save Me, just gets higher and higher and higher. I love it. Amazing song. Uh Killer Queen. I, I really do I, I like Killer Queen. It's never been one of my favorite. But Mike, you hit on the point. There's so much to it. And it is a fun song. And it really is like I think before it was before Bohemian it got popular. Killer Queen, I think. Or it was like in between. They're right there together. When it was Killer Queen against Bicycle Race, yes, I think Bicycle Race is the better song. But this, it's Killer Queen.
0: Now, Killer Queen's got the rare sweep as it moves its way into the Elite Eight. We've got two picks left this evening. Jeff, we're over to you. Is it going to be the six seed I want it all or the three seed somebody to love?
1: So it's a fun fact about I want it all, which is that the part of it that grabbed my attention the in the last time we discussed this song It's actually not part of the album version of this song on, on the miracle album it starts with an uh, acoustic guitar intro and then goes into brian may shredding the i want it all part was added later <laughs> for for a single version huh. uh, th- and and that is kind of honestly a little bit fascinating they apparently did a mashup for another compilation of those two versions of the song where they they took a longer solo from the album and put it with the acapella intro because i guess they realized that the acapella intro is pretty badass i i i love i want it all i look i'm a sucker for the guitar shredding i'm a, a, a fan of the uh the, that intro they that apparently is only on the single version but it's on the version that we all know because I don't think that many people own The Miracle. This is a really fun song to listen to. With somebody to love, yeah, a good song, but it wears on me a little bit after a little while. I think uh, I Want It All should uh, should move on here, uh, if it pleased the court. So <laughs> give my vote to I Want It All.
0: I Want It All's got a lead. Next pick here is going to Brandon.
1: Now, these two songs, this
2: is, uh, I would say they're both, I would say probably one is my number one favorite Queen song of all time. The other one is probably three or four. And I was pissed because I knew, I had a good feeling I wanted All was going to move on against Somebody to Love. I Want It All, it's one of those songs I said it was a shame that we never got to witness that song live. Yeah, it would have been a blast live. Would have been a banger live. lot. It would have been amazing. Uh, the music video, Mike, is really, it's a cool music video. It's like a, they're pretty much doing a live show. And it's a, it's a good music video. And it's hardcore, good lyrics, fun song. But it's not the love song to Aretha Franklin. It's not. Freddie... His 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 voice in that, and the whole band just chiming in, singing together. The music video for that, too. That's a music video from like 1974, 73, that they just filmed it in studio where they're all just singing. And uh, it's a beautiful song. It's, it's heartbreaking, I guess you'd think. And all the music, all the instruments are right there. It's an incredible song. Both are incredible songs. But the one that hits my heart more, even though I found my somebody to love, it is somebody to love. So somebody to love, I have to take.
0: Somebody to love has tied it up. It's one to one. Mike, you want my opinion here? Sure, I'll take it. They're both good songs. It's up to you. (laughs) we should have had five people
3: (laughs) you're chris you are 100 right these are both really really good songs i would i mean and they both I, i love both these songs they both have some some great moments in them uh somebody to love i i think in particular when i think of somebody to love the i mostly think of that second verse where they're kind of doing that call and response thing where he's like i work hard he works hard like it's like this just popped into my head, but it's a little bit like the lumberjack song from Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never thought of that before just now, but it just suddenly made, made me think about that. Anyway, that is neither here nor there. S- Somebody Love was one of the. It was an early, an early Queen song for me in the sense of it's one of the first songs that I remember hearing from Queen and just being like, "This band is incredible!" Like how no one else could have pulled this song off. This song is amazing. And I want it all is just a freaking banger. <laughs> I mean, that song just—I I, that song just grabs you in, as as Jeff said, from the acapella intro, and it just pulls you in through the whole thing. I, I'll be really interested to—I'll have to go back and listen to the miracle version now, too, because that's the version that I'm familiar with. That's the version everybody's familiar with. And it does—it does this thing at the end, and I am a sucker for this. But it cuts all the instruments except for the drums. Oh, I am too. And, yeah, and, yeah. and Freddie singing along like that. When it's—it's. It's, it's an easy trick for a band to pull, but when it's done well as it's done and I want it all, it just gets me every time. And I kind of hate going last year because I do genuinely love both of these songs and I kind of knew which way I was going to go, but I also kind of didn't want to make that have to be the one to make the pick. But since I am, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. And if I'm going to put one of these songs on right now, it's going to be, I want it all. But I love both of them. I'm sorry, Brandon. I see your face. I'm sorry. No, no. I I
2: love it. I just, I can't (laughs) believe this happened, but you know what? It makes my elite eight, which I think might have my, yeah, it'll make it easier. What's what's
1: funny, Brandon, is I'm pretty sure all of the two ones in this round have, you have been the one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, with that. I Want It All is moving on. The sixth seed, another upset here tonight, is moving on. We've got our last pick of the Sweet 16 right now. The seventh seed, the show must go on. The 15th seed, for all the way from the play-in game, is Breakthrough. Brandon, kick us off.
2: So I was terrified for the lead Eight. I was like, oh, man, the show must go on, goes on against somebody to love. I don't know what the fuck to do. And now it's something else, and maybe against I won it all. Still gonna be tough. Breakthrough, I am so happy it got here. I really am. It's a fun song. Cool music video. And the band it's toward the end. This was off the miracle. I'm pretty sure it was off the miracle. And the band's uh, t- off
1: innuendo, actually. Oh,
2: is it off innuendo? Okay. Freddie, in the vi- music video, he hadn't shaved his beard yet, so I wasn't too sure. It's a fun song. The band is jamming, having a great time.
1: I think. Wait, maybe, let me look that up. I thought they were both off innuendo, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. If there was a Wonder video, two. I
2: don't think they'd be off innuendo. Oh, no, there's a video maybe. for The Show Must Go On, but it's like not oh. like, yeah. Right, yeah. There are a few.
1: Breakthrough is off The Miracle. Yeah, you were right. Okay.
2: Then you have the song that was written and recorded, I don't know, I have to double check, I think three weeks before Freddie died. This man goes in and records that, hitting those notes, knowing he's dying. The band know he's dying. I'm surprised it's not talked about more in pop culture and music as one of the most heartbreaking like songs ever. Is this was for me? It's up there with like hurt, like Johnny Cash when he did the cover of NIN's hurt, he passed away soon after, but he knew he was it was almost over and how hauntingly beautiful that song was. That's what the show must go on. Is and and the not just Freddie, the guitar, the drums, everything is incredible in that song. You guys know what I'm picking. Uh, the show must go on, must go on.
0: The seven seed has its first vote. Next vote goes to Mike.
3: Yeah. Breakthrough is a great song, but this is the easiest pick of the sweet 16 for me. Uh, it's the show must go on. It, it is, it is a heartbreaking song in the sense of the context in which it was recorded, but it is also an incredibly uplifting song yes. at the same time. And the fact that they, the fact that queen manages to, pull that out of what could have been a heartbreaking moment. And I'm sure was for them and make this just absolute life affirming banger of a song that gets your fist pumping every time. Like when, when that first chorus kicks in and you hear him yell, the show must go on. Like, you're just like, hell yeah, the show must go on. It's, it's fantastic. I love the show must go on. And I, I I pretty much, I didn't know how everybody else was going to vote, but I was like, this this song is 100% of my elite eight, and I knew it as soon as I saw it on this bracket. Show Must Go On gets my vote.
0: And the Show Must Go On is moving on. Jeff, what do you think?
1: So uh, back in, I think it was 2008, Rolling Stone put out a list of the 100 greatest singers of all time. Uh, Freddie Mercury uh, came in 18th somehow. Uh, a couple of the people above, uh, ahead of him, Tina Turner, Al Green, Aretha. All right, I see y'all. Roy Orbison and Paul McCartney, come the fuck on. Anyway, yeah. Rant against Rolling Stone. Ryan Carey. come on. They,
3: they put Chris Cornell at like fifty something. Just oh god, yeah, no, that's terrible. your top
1: ten. Come on.
3: Yeah, throw that. Uh, anyway, uh,
1: but they uh, they actually. Uh, recount an anecdote that brian may who the show the show must go on was written by may uh and it was as y'all mentioned toward the very end of freddie's life uh with his struggle with aids and all of its complications uh and may said that he could hardly walk when they were recording this song quoting from may here i said fred i don't know if this is going to be possible to sing and he went I'll fucking do it, darling. Vodka down and went in and killed it. Completely lacerated it. I'll fucking do it, darling. Can you think of five words that more perfectly encapsulate Freddie Mercury's musical career? I'll fucking do it, darling. And so, yes, I'm going to give uh, the show must go on and sweep. I'll fucking do that, darling. <laughs>
0: Now, the show must go on, does get the sweep. It's moving on to the Elite Eight, and here's what your matchups look like at the start of the next episode. The one-seed Bohemian Rhapsody taking on the upstart 13 seed, You're My Best Friend. Don't look now. The three-seed under pressure is going up against the, we'll call it the upset-minded seven-seed Hammer to fall. Other side of the bracket, the one seed, Don't Stop Me Now, against the five seed, Killer Queen. And then the six seed, I Want It All, taking on the seven seed. The show must go on, and we will crown a champion next episode. That'll happen next week. Before we go, if you enjoy what we do here at the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, a couple things you can do to support us. Uh, one, patreon.com slash PTEBB is your home for all of our bonus content. If you have the financial means to support the show, that's the best place to do it. Be like our friend Brandon here. Jump on there. Bonus content drops throughout the month. Uh, that's bonuses from not only Pub Trip, not only Boozy Bartology, but our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience, right there on Patreon. If you want to have fun hanging out with us, and I promise you all four of us are on there more than we want to tell our bosses. Uh, P-T-E-B-B dot com slash discord is your home for our discord server. Uh, actually, uh, we were chatting as this as we're recording this episode. So, hey, there is that. Uh, you can also find us on The Lounge. Fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology on Facebook. Come on by. Say hello. Tell us what you're drinking. That's enough for me. More information. Check the show notes for Boozy Bracketology. I have been Chris.
3: I have been Jeff. I'm Brandon. And I'm Mike.
0: We'll see you next time. Have a good one.